All right, welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And we are here to talk about newsy type things and stuff. And boy, do we have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, so we uh, we took last week off after traveling a lot uh, pretty extensively for, uh, for EmberConf. Uh, and then some related uh, mountain climbing, I guess. Yeah, uh, trekking through the wilderness. Trekking through the wilderness. I saw you with snowshoes on. I feel like that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. So uh, so once we got back, we uh, we kind of like uh, took a you know ten thousand foot view of all the news stuff that uh, that has happened, and uh, there is a lot of stuff to cover. I think this week we're going to probably primarily focus on glimmer stuff. So uh, so stay tuned, uh, and uh, I guess we'll we'll get started. We'll just dive in. All right, so the first thing we're going to point out is that there are two blog posts that basically summarize the EmberConf keynote, uh, more or less. I mean, that's not really completely accurate. Uh, the first is by Yehuda Katz, and uh, it is mostly talking about the Glimmer VM, and it's called uh, the Glimmer VM Boots Fast and Stays Fast, and it's actually the first part of a series. So I'm actually, I think this is one of those things that you might want to kind of earmark for, for later. And we're going to be talking or referencing some of this stuff. So, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to, but if you can, if you want to, you could pause here and go and read that real fast and then come back because we're going to be mentioning some of the stuff. Um, similarly, uh, the EmberJS State of the Union, which is on the official EmberJS blog, I believe this was written by Tom Dale. And it basically gives you the kind of history of Ember uh, back through 2011, I want to say. And then... Uh, talks about the goals of the Glimmer project within the Ember community. Um, and basically, uh, you know, to, to summarize and probably uh, not do it quite the justice that the blog post does, uh, it's to create a continuum so that for smaller teams or for teams that, uh, like a Rails team or something like that, where you want to embed small pieces, but you can't just like plug all of this Ember app in, uh, you're going to have this continuum where you can kind of like NPM install your way to Ember starting off with the Glimmer. So Glimmer is like the view library and then you keep on, or the rendering engine, and then you keep on adding pieces until you end up with the Ember system. And I think that's the rather ambitious goal. Um, and the current state is that we have Glimmer standalone, which is um, really exciting. And uh, I think we should probably just dive in and start talking about that. So um, I know Chase, you've been doing a ton of work with uh, the um, Glimmer as it stands now, like. I, I don't know if you worked on the to-do MVC, but you definitely pulled it down and, and messed with it. And then you were doing going through the guides and stuff like that just to figure out some stuff. Do you want to walk us through some of your gotchas and experiences going through the guides? Yeah. So, the, I mean, the first thing I'll say is that, and, and I think everybody should keep, keep this in mind, this is like super early alpha stuff. Like it's been out less than less than a month. Um, and one of the things you'll, you'll notice is that the docs and the videos and blog posts that people are like putting up are constantly not agreeing with each other. And this bit me like immediately... Uh, because one of the uh, one of the blog posts I was reading was like, oh yeah, all you do is you know install the latest Ember CLI, the beta, and then run the blueprint. Well, you got to make sure you install when you when you uh, when you npm install global Ember CLI, you do npm install dash g Ember dash CLI slash Ember dash CLI. Uh, it's like I'm not exactly sure what the what the what they're doing there, but they're basically like using like a namespace to install like a related Ember that has like extra blueprint stuff. To, probably because not everybody's doing this, so you don't want to like uh, like ship a new Ember CLI that everybody has and now has blueprints that you know very few people are going to use. They're going to be changing constantly, right. um, and so uh, and then the next step is once that Ember CLI is installed, you now have the ability to generate with blueprints. And the blueprint that you're you, you're going to use for Glimmer is uh, so it's dash b at Glimmer slash blueprint. And when you do that, it'll it'll generate you a, a Glimmer app. 
Uh, there's also another flagging passed to it that's dash dash web dash component. Um, and what that does is it sets up Glimmer. It adds another uh, library dependency uh, that sets up Glimmer in a way that when it boots, it will look for angle bracket components that are the same names as your components and will will basically capture them you know, uh, and re-render over the top of them so that it, it uh, does kind of like a uh, polymer style approach to like having web components, like true web components. Um, and so those are basically the, the major uh, flags and the ways you need to set up a Glimmer app. And it's, it's relatively easy. Yeah, and if you uh, if you don't see uh, those um, flags and options available, or if you type in web dash dash web component uh, and it doesn't work, uh, you should test to see that you have the latest uh, beta version. Uh, you could do Ember dash V, and it should say beta. And if it does, then you should have the Glimmer bl blueprints. If not, then you need to kind of refer to the Ember CLI slash Ember CLI uh, bug or not bug, but the gotcha that Chase ran into and mentioned earlier. Right, and then and then the next step is just look at the docs because things have probably changed. Like because uh, <laughs> well, the docs are in, in flux, but I, I feel like the docs are coming along. I know that there are some pretty considerable efforts by uh, I want to say like Robbie Pitts and um, a whole bunch of people, honestly, that have been working pretty tirelessly getting all the docs up. So you know, kudos. Yeah, to there, them. There, there's more being added every day, um, but you yeah, will notice definitely. some things are missing. But the ones that are missing, uh, it's not that they're ne never going to be documented. It's like a lot of this stuff, since it's in flux, you don't want to go waste a bunch of time documenting it for people to use it and then come back in a day and it's now changed because the, the API changed. So the stuff that's being documented seems to be the more concrete stuff. Um, right. And then as it gets more and more concrete, more and more docs show up. Right. So uh, so, so let's just go through real quick uh, kind of some of the parts of Glimmer because, it, you know, Glimmer is actually a rel like a pretty small uh, ecosystem. There's not a lot of things to it. and And that's probably one of the complaints you're going to get most often is you end up I think that's like the stuff. benefit right that's the main thing that people yeah, yeah it, it is it's yeah. the benefit it's the it's a small lightweight library when you don't need all of Ember so so just right. think about it like that but the the major thing you get with it is components um, and these are angle bracket components so this is like you know the big dream that everybody's asking about like for for years now uh, mm -hmm. angle bracket components do exist but they're in Ember I mean <clears throat> but they're in Glimmer uh, and the the one thing you're going to notice that's a little weird is that now there's like an at syntax, like at uh, name equal thing for the, the keys, the attributes you're passing into these components. Um, so just you know, make sure you do that because if you, if you do uh, just like name equals quote Tom or something, uh, I think they just don't get recognized at all. I'm not really sure what happens to them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I to distinguish between, the at syntax is to distinguish between adders and uh, properties uh, in right. the template. So if you don't uh, do the at, I'm pretty sure we'll okay. ignore it. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm just not sure. Like, can you even access those the, the straight adders inside of the component? Like, do you do you get access to them? I haven't, I haven't messed with it enough to 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 know that. But yeah. Um, but the ones when you're when, obviously when you're trying to set like a dynamic thing, like you're trying to you're setting a static string is you know probably going to happen, but more than likely you're going to be setting it to something dynamic. Like right. you're gonna be giving it a bound uh, you know mustache uh, you know statement that is going to update constantly, and so. Uh, when you do that, the the thing referencing it under the hood has to know that when that thing changes, I have to I have to watch it. I have to update, um, right. which we're going to talk about with the track thing in a minute. So, mm -hmm. and and other than that, the the there's some similarities and a bunch of differences between components. Uh, the the main similarity is you do have some of the same hooks. The the one that stands out in the docs is the did insert element hook. Um, so just like the like Ember components, you have that hook that basically lets you say, hey, the components on the page, the element's been rendered. And now you can do things like maybe rent, like use D3 or some other external library and, and like uh, take this element and do some other external transformation to it. 
Right. And then um, the, the major differences, though, which there are a lot of them, is that now you have E6 class syntax, uh, which is which is nice, something that you know Ember's been trying to move toward. Um, and so uh, this gives you a lot of really cool things. Like you get proper uh, super in like constructors and in functions. Um, you get uh, async, well, you get async functions in Ember currently, but you get the the nice looking async uh, in in uh, ES6 classes, which I which I think is really amazing. And John mentioned uh, something about wanting to use Ember concurrency, right? Yeah, so I, th I still think that Ember concurrency is going to be a better primitive here um, because it'll handle a lot of uh, different things. I don't know if it is compatible currently with Glimmer. Uh, I suspect that it's basically like we've seen the Ember concurrency uh, primitive uh, be uh, pulled into other ecosystems, including React. Um, Maki actually did a really good job of explaining a lot of that at his uh, EmberConf talk. Um, but I, this, basically, I think he's just going to make the Ember concurrency thing uh, compliant once there's uh, more of an add-on story fleshed out. Um, bringing in dependencies is another thing we're going to talk about in a minute. But right now, it's uh, it's tricky. It's possible, but it's tricky. And there's a standardized approach that's in flight now. So um, so we'll, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I think for async functions, you're still going to end up using the task primitive because it's so solid and it uses the generators under the hood. Um, and it saves you from a lot of like async uh, craziness, wildness, whatever. Um, right. And basically you need, you need to watch for things like the destroy hook and, yeah, exactly. and tear it down yeah. and all that. And so, yeah, something like that would be nice. And I'm sure it's probably in the works right now. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that it's already being thought about, but it is definitely, I mean, you get those async functions and I think that eventually we're still going to end up using, uh, you know, some, some task primitive. Right. Um, and then uh, the last thing I want to mention, and this is kind of like um, uh, kind of critical to the way that Glimmer works, um, is the tracked uh, decorator. Uh, so if you you import tracked from component, uh, from Glimmer component, and uh, you have to tag any of the, the, the properties that you want to update in the template, uh, you have to tag them as tr at tracked. Um, and that will make, that means that if you like set over the top of them, if you, you know, they're an object and you say, uh, set you know person dot name to foo uh, that will actually update in the template. If you don't put tracked, um, no matter how many times you change it, it won't it won't update in the in the view. Um, yeah, and, and I think is, you were you were mentioning that this was very similar to the to the React approach. So uh, do you want to talk about that for just a second? Yeah, well, the the example that they have, if you looked in the uh, the Glimmer JS guides tracked dash properties, um, there's a section below where they talk about immutable state. Um, and if you look at that, and if you've ever done any React, it's very similar to how React is. They actually, you know, they use like this dot state equals whatever. You don't have to use set state. Um, so it looks like uh, in a constructor and in, in a React component how you would initially set the state. Um, but because they're using, um, I guess they're 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 watching the assignment. Uh, you can you don't have to use set state like you would in, in React. But it's basically doing the same thing. Um, the the one gotcha, and this is in Eric Hanchett's uh, video he does on the intro to Glimmer. Um, there are certain things that don't work. Like if you have an array and you do like a push, it's not gonna it's not gonna pick up the change, even though it is tracked. Um, so what he he does in his video is he says like push onto the array and then set the array to the array, and that causes it to like get picked up. So there's some some other little gotchas in that, but but the key thing is you uh, you have to tag them as tracked to even be picked up at all. Right. Yeah. Which which makes a ton of sense, and I feel like uh, it, it's all about that you know performance gains that we saw in React. I mean we've been we've been talking about a lot of these same concepts for a long time as more and more of the of the React ideas come through, like data downs, actions up. So um, it's unsurprising that there's going to be a few rough edges as we kind of figure out like how we're going to, you know, use the tracked fields and things like that. So it's interesting. Uh, and um, so the next thing we'll mention real quick, and then we'll get into some, some performance stuff that John's talking about, uh, is templates. The templates for these components are 
are going to look very similar similar to Ember templates for components. Um, so the way actions are dealt with are are basically the same. Um, the uh, you know the overall like the way mustaches work, all that looks similar. You're going to see some at signs. Uh, you, know, you have to make sure you do that when you pass things into components. But uh, the uh, one of the interesting differences is um, if you're familiar with when when Glimmer first got released, you had to pass for like an each. You had to pass a key and say, hey, the, the, the thing that basically you can look at in each of the, uh, these items to make sure that it's the same thing as last time is maybe called uh, ID or name or whatever. And, and, the, and one of the examples they give is index, uh, which is basically saying the index in the array. Um, that You have to do that now again in Glimmer. And I don't think there's any way around that. I think this is kind of like a, there's no sensible default here uh, like they could do in Ember where they could say, oh, well, look at the ID in case it's an Ember data model or fall back maybe to, to index or something like that, or use the identity, I think. Right. Um, uh, and, and they don't really need to. It's it, This is like hyper-performer. That's the whole point. So you're going to have to like deal with that. But even... even I, I, I like this. the I like the explicit nature of it, to be honest. I think it's it's it, it, uh, it's not obscuring anything from you. So uh, because Ember had uh, the, the rich set of conventions around it, it could kind of like hide this from you um, because there's a very common use, use case for it. But... I, I kind of like that you get to see the key that it's going to use and stuff like that. So I don't dislike that. No, yeah. I mean, it's it's something that I think in in the space that it's trying to fill, like this hyper-performant rendering engine, uh, it's it's necessary to have control over that, um, which, yeah. which you can do anyway, I think, still in Ember, but it's just not necessary. Right. Um, and then, okay, so so moving on to the performance stuff, uh, the there's a whole section in the guides about, uh, I think they mentioned actually in-tracked properties down at the very bottom, but it's it's basically like why why is Glimmer doing what it's doing? Like, and and this is kind of covered in Yehuda's blog post, like when he shows right. the graphs of like initial render versus re-render in uh, update speed. Um, and it was covered in the keynote. Like, there's two problems that are trying to be solved. Uh, there's the there's the initial render speed and there's update speed. And what what, what I refer to as classic Ember in our notes, which is like Ember Ember one. Uh, was heavily optimized for fast updates. And I think that was kind of like a reaction to a lot of the people saying, hey, Ember's slow. And here's an example of Ember being slow. And so they're like, oh, we can fix that. And so they totally just blew everybody away with how fast Ember could render. But then the argument became, Ember has a really slow initial render. And the the main uh, kind of, I guess, um, competitor in this, in this region was React, who was already optimized for fast render. Um, the, the issue is that React optimized for fast render, but sacrifices update speed. Um, there's, it goes into, in, in, in both the blog, like the Yehuda's blog post, uh, and in these docs, kind of goes into a little bit about why that is in React, um, and how Ember gets around it and actually is able to now, uh, with Glimmer, uh, kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, not, not quite perfect, but definitely an update speed. We're already like killing everything else by like 3x. Um, but with the initial render, they're able to get it down uh, closer to, you know, below, below React and closer to, I think the fastest one is like, yeah, the fastest one is like Inferno. Um, and I think right now we're just a little bit above Inferno, but on update speed, they're like three times faster than Inferno. Um, so the idea is to get that, that initial render yeah, speed down. What's really interesting, and I don't want to start a holy war here because I know there are people who really like JSX, but one of the things that facilitates the the speed up here is that they're able to kind of learn a lot more by figuring out what the temp what can change in the template so they don't have to do the entire they don't have to walk the entire tree even for static content so it's really the static content that 
uh, causes a lot of the concerns with um, with update speed because they have to like look at things um, even even if they don't change and there's no real way to get around it. But Ember can kind of bypass that because basically it just ignores everything. All the opcodes that get generated for the update um, ignore all the static content. So the opcodes only reflect like, oh, well, these are the only pieces that can actually change. So on update, you end up doing a lot less work um, because right. there's a separation of the the template and the the um, rendering side. Right. I don't know it's, if it's, I don't know if I'm actually using the correct words here. There are very, <laughs> there are, like there are much smarter people out there who are writing good blog posts that describe this much better than me. But I think the general gist is that because they're able to analyze what's going on in the template, they're able to make some really smart decisions about what work gets done on updates. So right, and and I mean I'm sure uh, React templates are inline pre-compiled anyway. It's not like you're like every time the component renders, it has to parse out the template. But right. because there's JavaScript as the basically code blocks inside of that template, they don't, you know, you can do anything in JavaScript. And so that's the, the win there for Ember. Um, and, that, and, and partially that's, um, the, the guides go into this, that Ember is value-centric. Uh, the, the data has to change, in order, and, and that's, that's, what, that's what drives the re-renders. Whereas in React, there's a bunch of hooks in the components um, that are basically the way that the, the, the framework knows to re-render that component. And then there's ways to optimize, like there's a hook called should component update in React that you could basically use. And if you were like a super awesome React developer, you could probably get close to the same uh, update speed as Ember by by exactly knowing like which values changed and which values didn't saying, oh, I don't need to re-render now because nothing changed. But the good thing with with Glimmer is that uh, you, you don't have to. It, it it does that automatically because it knows which values are tracked and it knows which values are not tracked right. and which ones you've changed. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting things here. And if you're interested in this um, in this performance side of things, make sure to go check out the Glimmer uh, series that Yehuda is doing. Um, we're going to link to that. That'll be, we, we kind of already mentioned it at the very beginning of the show. Um, but make sure to go and read that and then kind of earmark it because I suspect that there will be more uh, like blog posts and inf- information coming out about Glimmer uh hopefully from Yehuda and Godfrey and the people who are working really deeply on the actual Glimmer rendering part. Um, and I think, I think there's a lot of really interesting things and uh, it's going to be a really exciting space. Um, and there's one other thing that uh, you definitely wanted to mention, Chase. Um, so I, I guess I'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll send it back over, uh, but the add-on dependency story uh, in Glimmer right now, uh, do you want to talk about that real fast? Yeah, it's a little bit of a, I think, a sore subject with a lot of people because you're coming from Ember and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. I'll, just, I'll have a whole add-on ecosystem and you're like, oh, we'd have to give all that up now. Like it, it, nothing's implemented yet. There's no, you know, library authors haven't haven't converted anything because there's no uh, established um, like way to make a, a Glimmer add-on. Um, and there's actually, it's really hard to even get any JavaScript library. Like I was trying to pull Redux in um, and Redux is a very simple library. Like, you know, it's like, I think it's maybe 300 lines uh, unminified. Um, and it only exports like like one function um, but basically, what you end up having to do is you have to uh, do a little bit of broccoli uh, kung fu inside of your uh, Ember CLI build JS, and, and basically manually manipulate the tree, create a vendor JS file yourself, and then go to your uh, index HTML and, and load that, and then it works. Yeah, I mean, and, you can... and mer- well, you, you just merge the trees, right? Do you still have to add the index HTML uh, line? Yeah, yeah. You go to the index HTML and you add the vendor JS yeah. line. And now, if you go, if you were to load that the Hello Glimmer app or Welcome to Glimmer, right. it you can see Redux is there, right? Redux loaded in. Uh, the weird thing is, is now you want to like import, create store from Redux there, you know, the, the module system doesn't know anything like the resolver doesn't right. know where Redux, where Redux is. Um, and so what you end up having to do is 
uh, because this is TypeScript, you have to make an interface uh, for this global and basically define all the exports that it, that it has and, and set it up. And that's a little more difficult. I'm working on an example for that because the to-do MVC example does show how to do the MRCLI build stuff with the broccoli tree and getting the vendor, but they don't really show how to get access to the globals that come out of the JavaScript. Um, they basically just re-implement it and use the CSS. Um, but it, but it, it should definitely be possible because, you know, TypeScript has ways to do this, pull in yeah. external libraries, but you have to define kind of that interface, which is going to be great. Like if you're going for hyper-performant, uh, it'd also be nice to get stable, which is what the TypeScript stuff is going to give you. And so yeah. like having that wall where you kind of say everything beyond this is strongly typed uh, and, and it, it all ends here. This one file, that's where you import it from. And, you know, beyond, beyond there be dragons, you know? Yeah right. Um, yeah, I, I I think I think the we'll link to the to do MVC that you mentioned in passing um, because it's a pretty good example of, of what's possible in React like today, uh, like at the time of release. Uh, so you should definitely check that out. I think Martin Munez worked on that pretty hard, and there's some other contributors there. Uh, but um, that's definitely a good place to look. But the the thing that I wanted to bring up when we talk about these add-on dependencies is uh, this stuff is since there's such strong conventions in Ember. Uh, those strong conventions are going to be pulled into this build pipeline. And we're going to have similar, if not identical, uh, build hooks to modify the build uh, uh, the build stuff for Ember. So creating add-ons and all that stuff. Those are like, that's the the, the push for forward to this continuum of like allowing Glimmer apps to kind of morph into Ember apps. Um, and and it's, it's going to happen. I think that this will be very soon where we will, you know, rather than having to open the Ember CLI build, JS file and write some broccoli. We're just going to write an add-on that says tree four, and like these are these are coming. There will they will happen. There will be conventions, and um, I think I think we're we're just at that beginning phase now. So it's still uh, it's still kind of early to to tell. But the add-on dependency story is possible to do right now, and I think the the bright side, the future is. Uh, is going to be really, really interesting. And it's probably going to happen much faster than it did for Ember CLI because a lot of the conventions and ideas around, you know, dealing and tapping into the build pipeline to do these sort of things has been really fleshed out very well in Ember CLI. And it's pretty well understood by the people who are working on these projects. So, um, yeah, the future is bright, basically, is the reason I bring that up. So Yeah, and I'm, I'm eager to see um, how many add-ons um, are just compatible with Glimmer out of the box when this happens because unless you're dealing with like the router or you know some some underlying uh, you know Ember engines, specific yeah, things or engines or anything like that, um, I think maybe even services would would work fine uh, as as being able to like inject a service or something or or create a, a service. Yeah, I think thing I, I actually persistent. I was talking to somebody about this. the The services thing is is going to be uh, there's still discussion around it. I believe I don't think it's going to be tricky or hard. I think it's just there's still a few unknowns about services. So, yeah. right. But, but a lot of, a lot of add-ons, I think, um, yeah. if, if you're, if your add-on is just making a component, they should just be, you know, compatible or with minimal effort, be able to be made compatible. And then maybe totally. have a keyword that's like Glimmer add-on and then they yeah. just work. Or like, yeah, yeah. In the, in the keywords, you just say, uh, Ember add-on and then like Glimmer compat or something like that or Glimmer plus. Right. Yeah. And then, and then that would get scoped. I, I'm kind of uh, eager to see once we start having some add-on stories, uh, things like Ember Observer pulling in and really understanding uh, the difference between these things. So you can kind of be like, oh, well, I'm working exclusively in Glimmer. And uh, So uh, yeah, thanks for sticking with us to the end. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy.
And if you want to follow along with us, you can do so uh, at our Twitter. It's Ember Weekend, all one word. And if you want to follow uh, with an RSS reader, uh, you can go to emberweekend.com slash feed.xml. And uh, thanks for tuning in and listening to us ramble on about Glimmer stuff all day. Yeah, see you next weekend. See you next weekend. Yeah. And uh, and that's all we have for this Ember weekend. Uh, I'm Jonathan Jackson, and I'm Chase McCarthy. And uh, you can follow us along. Uh, follow us along. Jeez. Follow us along. With this man. Follow us along. Haha. <laughs> uh, you can follow along with us at our Twitter uh, at emberweekend.com. Wait, that's the worst. I'm gonna do this all over again. Yeah. Yeah. That's going in the outtakes though. Ooh, man, it shouldn't. Wow, I'm just having complete oh, <laughs> brain shutdown. Yeah. Um, it was a long recording.